Welcome back to the 2R1 podcast, where we study the Bible together as a married couple. I'm Taylor. I'm Elisa. And we're glad you're back with us. Uh, Last week, we're in Mark chapter 1 and looking at the question, what is freedom? This week, we'll be picking back up at the end of Mark chapter 1. And the question for this week is, what am I looking for? What are you looking for? What am I looking for? Then we're going to speak with a worship leader from Jacob's Well Church, Austin Lindsay. So sit back, enjoy the ride, and we'll see you in just a bit. Another week has passed, and we are back in Mark chapter 1. The question for this week, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Everybody's looking for something, right? Everybody's looking. Everybody's looking. All right, so we will um, pick back up the end of Mark chapter 1. Elisa, if you'll read for us, then we'll uh, come back. And if if you'd pray for us tonight, that would be awesome. Okay. And then uh, then we'll get going. All right, so picking up in verse 35 in Mark 1. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him, and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer your cleansing Offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. Amen. Amen. All right, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to be here. For the very breath in our lungs, we just praise you tonight. We praise you for the access that we have to your word, Lord. It is such a blessing that we take for granted. We thank you for the spiritual wealth that we get from your word, Lord. And Father, I just pray that as we go through this word, that you would use us as your mouthpiece, that whatever you want said or done, you would just put the words in our mouth, Lord. Let us hide behind the cross, Lord, so that you may be glorified. Help us to decrease in this hour and and that you may increase. Lord, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and in the lives around us. And we just thank you that we can be a witness to your amazing wonders and works, Lord. We love you. Just guide us tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, apparently Jesus was a morning person. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It seems a lot of people are in the Bible. <laughs> I struggle with that. That's why he's laughing. <laughs> I tend to 
I tend to work better at night. Strengths and weaknesses, you know, we got to. I guess that works out because you're a morning person, so we kind of balance out. Yeah, I've learned though that I have to keep my morning personness until I have my coffee tampered down (laughs) until you're ready. (laughs) So anyway, um, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left, went away to a lonely spot, and stayed there praying. Mm -hmm. So, what stands out to you, Elisa? That Jesus is God. And he prays. That's good. If he needs prayer, don't you know we do? Mm-hmm. And he he did this before his action for that day. You know, he already knows the will of the Father. He is one with the Father. But yet he still prays before he decides what he's going to do that day, mm. before he declares what he's doing that day. And, and kind of the way you see it, what, how do you, what do you think Jesus' main reason for prayer is? That's not a question that I know an answer to. I'm just curious in your mind how you see that. As a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's that's your time to talk with the Father. That's, that's I mean, he was at one, but he was on earth, and the Father was in heaven. And, you know, he came down here and walked this earth for us and had to be somewhat separated mm-hmm. for a little while. Yeah. But then again, he's not ever separated except for on the cross. But that's the same thing with us. We're not really separated, but we will be if we don't spend time talking to him. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I kind of see it as, you know, the same reason why why we pray is to to hear from God and to, um, I guess, maybe I could relate it musically. Like, I've noticed um, when I practice and I touch an instrument in consecutive days, all of a sudden I have a greater sensitivity to the mm-hmm. instrument. I can hear better. I can feel better. I can move quicker. Oh, yeah. Um, less that makes mo- perfect sense. You know, and so maybe that would be kind of the way I see prayer. Yeah, I love um, the analogy I've heard before. I don't know who said this, but, you know, moms can appreciate this. Um, when you hear, when you're in a crowded place and there's little kids everywhere, you're hearing moms a lot. You're hearing mom, mom. And you may turn to glance, but when it's your child's voice, mm-hmm. you know that voice. And so even though there's a million moms in the room, when your child says mom, your your ears are tuned to that voice. Yeah. And so the more you spend time with the Lord, the more your ears are going to be in tune to that. Yeah, and I love that about um, this um, translation of that verse. It says, Jesus got up, left, went away to a lonely spot, and stayed there praying. I love the way how it worded that he stayed there praying. Um, mm-hmm. Some people would say he stayed till he had a breakthrough, and I appreciate people saying that. But sometimes I think that could give the wrong connotation. Like prayer isn't always about getting a breakthrough, but I think most of the time people, when they say that, they mean until they feel a peace. Mm-hmm. They feel like God has brought them to the place through prayer that he wants them to be. It's not so much that God does an action. You stay until God does an action. I don't think that's what they mean. Yeah, and I, I don't think prayer should solely be us coming to him with petitions. Mm-hmm. It should be more about, here, he knows what we need. He does want us to ask and bring our needs to him, but that's our time to just sit and adore him. Yeah, and enjoy him. <laughs> and enjoy him. Amen. It says, but, but Simon... Peter and those with with him went after him. And when they found him, they said, everybody is looking for you. And when I read that verse, the first time I just kept on reading. Mm-hmm. 
But then I realized that's almost prophecy. Yes. You know? Uh, everybody everybody was, is, and always will be looking, <laughs> looking for looking him. Looking for him. And I think, I, then I thought to myself, you know, Jesus being God in the flesh, when he heard them say that, it's like he couldn't stop and preach on that for a second, <laughs> even though he probably wanted to. Like, he's like, no, we, and he goes on and says, we got to get to the next town and get the message out. But it's just crazy because I know when Jesus heard them say that, he knew they were like, speaking forth a truth they had no idea what they were even meaning or saying they were saying it in a simple carnal way and jesus is thinking you have no idea what you just said mm-hmm. you know and so when i read that i was like that is the question for this week what are you looking for that's the way we phrase it what are we looking for and you could probably find some people that would say i'm not looking for anything but truth be known they are mm-hmm. we're all looking for something whether we don't realize it and it's just subconscious or we're actively looking. Yeah. But the question is worded the wrong way. What are we looking for? Who? Who are we looking for? Mm-hmm. And when you talk with people who are outside the faith, if you were to say that to them, um, maybe some would get offended. Some would say that's not true. But the truth is, is that Jesus is the glue that holds this life together. He is... Um, in all things, created all things, moves all things. He's the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Paul says, in him we move and and breathe and have our being. Like, there's not a thing on the earth that you can't see God in that God didn't in some way uh, rub up against um, through what he's fashioned or made. And everything is moved by God's patchwork quilt plan to bring it all together to his ultimate end both in our lives individually as a people as a country as a world god is the one pulling mm-hmm. the strings and when we're looking for a what we're completely missing the point oh, yeah you know and um at least i know you have good friends and and people that you know in your life that you want so bad for them to see the who instead of the what and i have people in my life that man they just have so much to offer to the kingdom and I think the word that probably most people would agree on that they're looking for, whether it be, you know, a lot of people are striving for that next thing in life, whether it be college or a job or marriage, and the next step ultimately is is the what we think we're looking for all the time, but that what could really just be replaced with the word peace or mm-hmm. better yet, maybe even contentment. And you're going to keep trying to get there. You're going to keep trying to get to that next step thinking, okay, I've made it. I've arrived. I can, I can rest now. Mm -hmm. But the truth is you're never going to feel that what you feel like is missing without him. When you seek the person, Jesus first, then you're content without all those other stuff. But that's when it'll start just going into perfect order Mm -hmm. I mean I know that's exactly how it happened with us I thought I needed a new job and I thought if I could just get this job my life would be happy (laughs) and you stay on the on the uh, hamster wheel yeah you stay on it and your war slap out and I thought I thought I could do it on my own for so long and um ultimately he said no you got to do it my way and then he he just wrecked everything (laughs) overnight he put the pieces together though overnight and he does, that's what he does. He comes in, and me and uh, 
good friend of ours, we were talking about this the other day. Many times God will separate to bring order, to bring peace. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the separation it hurts a mm-hmm. little bit because of what you're leaving behind or what changes or whatever. Listen to this verse right here. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything suited to its time. Also, he has given human beings an awareness of eternity, but in such a way that they can't fully comprehend from beginning to end the things God does. He I has think said it, eternity in all men's heart. That's the Yeah, that's the, the verse. That verse is just so powerful to me, and many times that comes up when I'm talking with mm-hmm. somebody who's searching. You know, why we constantly find ourselves searching, why, why, why? It's because God has coded that into us in hopes that our searching will lead us back to a place of surrender and and to ultimately choose him. You know, like the reason why, and I I did an Instagram post about this a while back, you know, all these artists and, and, and musicians that write about going home, you know, I think I talked about Neil Young and, um, Stevie Nicks and landslide and, and so many songs about going home. And it's, you, you hear this longing from the artist about wanting to go back home. Well, home is more of a ideal in our mind when things were simpler, when we had peace, when mm-hmm. we had protection, when we had provision, when a simpler time. And that longing to go home, God has coded into us. And he tells us there in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has set an awareness of eternity in our, in our heart. And we're constantly searching for it. And the puzzle piece that you're missing, the puzzle mm-hmm. piece that I'm missing, is Jesus. Yes. I mean, and it's been there since the garden, you know. It's mm-hmm. As soon as sin entered this world and we're not fully, um, you know, everything has not been, what is it, glorified, purified, justified. What's the three things? Um Justified, sanctified, Yeah, we're glorified. still going through sanctification right now. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, we're for. being pruned and grown. Uh-huh, and that's part of it. And one day when we are with him and everything is glorified, mm-hmm. then that's when we'll really have our peace. Yeah, and, and I know there's probably people that are listening will listen to this at some point and think that that's a little bit of a pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. Well, you're just missing Jesus in your life. And it just seems so easy or so foreign or so completely untrue. But... If if that's the way you feel, I would just say, like Ravi Zacharias, tell him, mm-hmm. ask him, say, God, I want that. I don't believe that, but I want that. If that is who you are, if that is what you want for me and from me, reveal yourself to me. God is a big boy, mm-hmm. and he can handle it. He can handle anything that you can throw at him. And I think sometimes in the church we try and clean God up so much that we make him feel unreachable and unattainable. And I just want to tell anybody listening Take your mess to God and tell him your doubts. Tell him, hey, I I heard this. I don't believe this. If you're real, God, reveal yourself to me in a way that I understand. And that's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, but when you do that, open your eyes, open your ears, and just get ready and look, you know. You can't can't say that prayer, stick your head in the sand and say, well, I didn't see him. I promise you you he will. You know, testing him either. Um, it's got to be sincere. Right. Out of a place of need and want. Yeah. Not out of a place of, I'm going to prove this wrong. Right. Although he's been known to do right, that yeah. too. I mean, he's don't put anything past him. Yes. He's sovereign enough to reveal himself from either motive. Um, can you pick back up next verse? Let me change back to our original sure. text here. All right. So everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, 
Let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So what was Jesus concerned about when he came? Like, That's what these verses really show me. Um, Jesus was concerned constantly about doing the will of the Father that sent him. What was the will of the Father? The will of the Father was to bring, just like when the angels proclaimed it to the shepherds in the field on the very first Christmas, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Mm-hmm. The Christ is born. And in our culture, we don't really understand fully the Christ, but in, in the Jewish culture, they would have understood. He is the ultimate um, fulfillment of prophecy and the deliverance for the Jewish people and the propitiation, mm-hmm. the, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And Jesus is saying, these people in this next city they need to hear that good news and that is my will that is my desire that is my concern um he never got distracted from the ultimate goal which was to tell people the good news because people are they are walking through the muck and the mire of this life and many people are are dying without ever being given the opportunity to accept jesus into their heart and to save them and that's a whole other topic for another day. And while I don't think that that by itself officially disqualifies them, we know that people have come to faith in Jesus in the middle of India, having never been preached mm-hmm. the gospel. But at the same time, most people never that don't hear about it, they never have those kind of revelations, and they right. just they never get a chance to be I, delivered. I heard a sermon by David Platt the other day, and that's what he said. He he had done a mission trip in the Himalayan mountains. And he said those mountains every day from sunup to sundown when the stars are out, when the sun is out, the mountains, the stars, everything around it is proclaiming Mm -hmm. and revealing God. He said, but no matter how loud they scream it, there's no revelation like the Word of God. That's true. There's just, and we have access to it every day. I mean, we're just spoiled. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that don't have access to it. And so Jesus was trying to get make it accessible. Yeah. You know, he wanted everybody to hear. So it is possible that you can uh, have a revelation, but there is no greater revelation than the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the verse, I um, can't remember where it is in the New Testament, that says the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder both soul and spirit you know the word of god and and there's another verse um i believe paul talks about it um faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god like mm-hmm. god when god when god's word is proclaimed it things has happen. power it has power and and he said in jeremiah or in uh, isaiah my word will never return unto me void it will set forth what i it will accomplish what i set forth for it to accomplish and we have got to get back to that simple gospel mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Jesus' Jesus's message was accompanied by amazing works, um, but it was not about the works. Mm-hmm. It was about the Word. And that's what, that is what we're headed to right. next, about he did a work, and then he gave the Word. All right, go ahead. But. <laughs> All right, um, in verse 40, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And this goes back to what Robbie Rowe talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And I loved how he pointed out how, I mean, he really gave some context on the leper. I mean, this guy 
had to be ostracized from his family, couldn't touch he his was, wife. By the law, he was ceremonially unclean. Plus, he was contagious physically. Yeah. Um, so, he, you know, the people around him couldn't touch him. He was isolated from human touch. He was ostracized from society. And Jesus took the one thing that no one else would do and made that the first thing he did. He touched mm-hmm. him. And that is so powerful. And that is, Jesus will do that for me and he'll do that mm-hmm. for you. Most of the time, the issue is not that God is absent or that God doesn't want to do this. Most of the time, we have put a barrier between us and God. And if we're willing to be vulnerable and open up, Jesus will come and touch the one part Mm -hmm. that no one else can touch or will touch in us. And that is different for each of us. And Jesus knows what to touch. Mm -hmm. He knows. And that's what he did with this leper. And he cleansed him. Yeah, I think it's important as we um, take on the mission to proclaim the word of God because it is so powerful. We can't we can't forget the people that we're they're talking to. Mm-hmm. He didn't just t- you know preach at them. He was doing life with them while he was giving them that amazing word. Absolutely, and I love mine says. Well, the man tells Jesus in in, in this translation, "If you are willing, you can make me clean." Mm-hmm. So right there, he shows Jesus he has faith. And Jesus says, it says, moved with pity, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I love when we talk about God and we give him the human attribute of God having a heart. Mm. Because he does. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about very um, difficult issues um, like homosexuality, like abortion, all those kinds of things... Sometimes we talk about them in a way that we forget that God, his heart breaks. God aches. He cries. I mean, in the, in the scriptures, Jesus wept. Like, God isn't in heaven trying to get us to do right and walk this, this tight line because he's some strict schoolmaster. God wants the very best for us, and it breaks his heart when we rebel against what he knows is best for us or when we um, hurt other people it hurts him like god hurts Mm -hmm. you know and like maybe some people are uncomfortable hearing that but it's true god hurts and it breaks his heart when we do things that he knows are bad for us and for other people and i think that's important to remember and also with this leprosy was fatal and up until Jesus came, no one had ever been. Well, that's not true. And um, Naaman, mm-hmm. the king, and or the uh, king, a king's servant in the Old Testament, was sent to a prophet uh, in Israel and was cleansed of his leprosy. But Miriam be, was too, right? Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Miriam was too. So it was just very rare. But this was definitely a sign of power and a majesty. Like, yeah, and you certainly didn't touch them. Yeah. Even though, you know. Right. So it says, instantly the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away with this stern warning. See to it that you tell no one. Instead, as a testimony to the people, go and let the Kohen examine you, the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. But he went out and began spreading the news, talking freely about it, so that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed out in the country where people continued to come to him from all around. 
Um, there's a couple of things here that I wanted to mention, and then there's something that you we talked about a couple of days ago, Elisa. Um, I like how Jesus, it says, Jesus sent him away with a stern warning. See to it that, that you tell no one instead of testimony to the people. Go and let the priest examine you. So, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded. Um, I love the fact that Jesus said, hey, go and do what Moses said. Why would Jesus do that? I mean, he is now the Messiah standing here. Doesn't his word trump Moses? Why would Jesus do that? And here's my explanation for that. There's a term that, that, I, that I think helps us out a lot with these kinds of questions, and that is progressive revelation. Um, the people in the Old Testament didn't have the revelation we did, or we do. Over time, God hasn't changed. He's just revealed more and more of himself. So at this time, Jesus told the guy, go and show the priest because that's what Moses commanded. This is what you know to do. Do what you <laughs> he know He knows to we're do. slow learners. <laughs> he knows we're slow learners. But also, he's telling the guy, do what you know to do. Yeah. In other words, at that time, that was all that guy was responsible for was doing what he knew to do, what God had revealed up to that point. And so let's think about that going forward in our lives. I'm not responsible for things outside of God's revelation to me. Those things are not, I'm not responsible for. I'm only responsible for what God has revealed to me. Now, everything between Genesis and Revelation, as a born-again believer and as a person who owns a copy of the Bible, I'm responsible mm-hmm. for that revelation. But beyond that, you know, who do I pray for? Who do I, all these things, concentrate, we need to concentrate as Christians on what God has brought into our path, the progressive revelation of what Jesus has shown me. What has he shown me? The prayer request for this day, um, the where to go this day, this week, this month, whatever it is, do what you know to do, what I have revealed to you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's what I saw in that. And so that's my explanation for why Jesus would say that. It's just a testimony to do what God has shown to you up to this point. And then once you do that, then God will give you another piece. Yeah, I think that's important to note there is we could get too comfortable doing that. You got to always be asking for new revelation. Right. The the next step, the deeper level. And God will only give new revelation when you want new mm-hmm. revelation. Well, that's not true. He can give it when you when you <laughs> might not want it, but I'm just saying he's going to feed those who are hungry. Um and then real quick before we uh take a break and go to our interview for this week, pose that question again or let's talk about that conversation that we had about this very last verse. Why would Jesus um, yeah, that, tell him, it's always struck me. Why in the world? Why, we're supposed to tell t- people about what Jesus has done for us. Why did he tell this guy to to keep quiet for now? And we talked about a couple of different things. I think um, what what one reason is is because he knew it wasn't his appointed time yet. It mm-hmm. wasn't time for him to go to the cross. And as soon as it was completely revealed and people had a true understanding of who he was, he was going to be sent to the cross. Because mm-hmm. the world hates him, mm-hmm. you know the religious leaders did not like him. He knew that that was going to happen when his true identity was revealed, mm-hmm. and so it was not his timing yet. So I think that's that is very important with anything we do. We could we could be telling somebody about Jesus and it not be the right time, and I think we've talked about that yeah. before. Um, but also, I think he is wanting everybody here who's hearing about all these miracles that he's performing and he's doing it because he cares about people 
but he doesn't want anybody focusing just on the miracles. Mm-hmm. He wants them not to just focus on the healing, but rather the healer. Absolutely. Help me want the healer, not just the healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that kind of struck me was how, um, you know, no matter what we do, even if we do kind of get in the way, God's will will be done. Mm-hmm. You know, God's will will be done. I mean, Jesus had to do his work out in the countryside, but it did not stop the work of God. They mm-hmm. came. It was just a different location. But that that is important, too, to remember that if, we, if we'll get in God's way, he'll go a different way and maybe use someone else. So yeah. may it not be so that we get in God's way, but that we move our water pot underneath where God is pouring out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So they were looking for him, and they went, no matter where they had to go, they they would find him. So if you look hard enough, you will find him. And I just wanted to point out one more thing about Jesus and how he didn't want, he didn't want everybody knowing right then, and how often do we want people to know immediately about what we do? Mm -hmm. You know, we we want the credit. We want to post it. Yes, (laughs) we want to post it. We want everybody to like it and love it and share it. And, and that's a hard thing to fight against. Um, but all of that, I mean, he would do, he, just like you said before, he would do whatever it took. It was the father's will that was most important. And that meant not taking the fame right then. That meant not, Mm -hmm. not being comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, he was, didn't have a bed to lay his head on. I mean, whatever it took. And, and I heard in that same sermon the other day, I heard David Platt say this, and it just really has sat with me. How much more do we want our comfort over somebody else's eternity? Mm-hmm. Somebody's salvation. Their eternity. We want to be comfortable in this world, in this life, that only lasts for a vapor mm-hmm. instead of, being uncomfortable for a little while to ensure somebody else's eternity. Absolutely. And it's easier to say that than to actually walk it out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so they looked for him. They found him. And what was important to Jesus is he prayed. So if we're going to walk this out like him, we got to pray. Mm-hmm. And we got to be about the Father's business. Amen. And what is the Father's business? To tell the good news, which is that Jesus because, came to save that which was lost. Because everybody is looking. And if you want him, you can find him. Mm-hmm. It's not a what, it's a who. Who are you looking for? You're looking for Jesus. So we're going to take a short break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to play a pre-recorded um, interview with Austin Lindsay, who is a worship uh, leader for um, Jacobsville Church in Nashville, Georgia. And he's got a lot of very passionate points about worship music. And uh, just so glad he was able to join us in the studio. So we'll see you guys here in just a bit. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us. If you've missed any of our past podcasts, you can find them at our website at 2r1.org. Or you can search us on iTunes using the number 2, the letter R, and the number 1. Get ready. We've got Austin Lindsay joining us. If you want to find out more about his music and the ministries he's involved in, visit jacobswell.life. You are joy, joy, joy.
knows at his worst you are peace Rage and see you are home In my spirit you are joy, you're my joy But I cannot So I am joined in the studio with Austin Lindsay. He is a uh, worship leader at Jacobs Well Church in Nashville, Georgia, and he is currently pursuing a degree in Christian studies with a minor in music from Truett McConnell University in Cleveland, Georgia. And he joins me in the studio. Thanks for thanks for coming in, yeah, Austin. Man, thanks for having me. Yeah. So the song we were just listening to. Tell me a little bit about it. Um, I know it's a live recording. Just I don't know. Speak briefly to it because it's an awesome song. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's something that we got to do um, up in what we call the upper room. Uh, we got to work together with that, and uh, I was really, I was happy with how it turned out. Um, we got to do a, our first worship night up there, and we're looking. I hope it's the beginning of a lot of cool things. Mm-hmm. And the uh, there's just a lot of different people. You can't see it in, in, in what you're listening to in the song, but there was just a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, people spread out. Um, it's just a really fun night. I had a pleasure, uh, had the pleasure of being there. But um, So I, I called you because I felt like you would be a great person to run this story by. Um, and this, is a, this kind of took me by surprise. It's on CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN News. And it was about you too, and it's about Bono. The title of the article is "Bono Used This Version for Bible Time with His Kids," and so it just kind of struck me because I used to listen to you two back in the day, and I didn't realize that Bono even had any kind of uh, reverence or anything for the Bible or anything like that. So I immediately read the article and I thought, you know what, Austin would be a great person to ask to run this this article by. So. If you would, just kind of tell us a little bit about what you got from the article, and um, then we can move on from there. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, it was a real interesting perspective, and I, I think that uh, I'm probably a little ignorant when it comes to uh, Bono and YouTube, not as familiar as some other people, but he uh, he's definitely, you can't deny that he's a, a big name mm-hmm. and a big musical figure, and to say that... He has been on top, so to speak, for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. I think speaks a lot. Um, but to hear his side on some stuff, him and the guy who kind of wrote that translation got to sit down and talk about the the Psalms. And uh, he actually he had some really cool and some interesting things that he said. Um, and he wrote some songs based on the Psalms too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That was a shock to me. I was like, wow, I had no idea. Yeah. So. He he draw definitely draws some musical inspiration um, from the from the Psalms and from the Bible, and he talks in the article about how he like he loves books and how one of his favorite books to read his kids is the Bible, and he yeah. reads the Message version, like you were talking about. So, where does like I guess there's a difference between someone who appreciates the Bible from a literature standpoint, but it seems like Bono actually is a man of faith to some degree. Um, from, from what the article reads like. Yeah. Um, so he made a comment um, in the article, and this really gets to the heart of the matter. And this is why I wanted to um, reach out to you, Austin, because I know you're very passionate about uh, the Lord and what, what God's calling is on your life and, and about 
worship music. And um, he makes a comment in there that stands out, and it's a pretty short article. We'll link it in the bio, but he makes a comment that says um, he doesn't, he finds Christian art to be dishonest. That was his quote, and he said, and it's a shame. So when you read that quote, just tell me how you received that quote, and what, what does that stir up in you when you read that? Well, I I definitely think that some Christian art is dishonest. I don't mm-hmm. know if he um, may be grouping uh, certain sections, and I don't know if he's just looking at certain people and certain things and calling that Christian art as a whole, mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of Christian art that is very real and very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, I mean... God is the creator God, and if we believe that we are made in His image, then we are creative. And um, there are some people that would have this argument that Christians should be the most creative people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a good um, point. And you, you, you see the parts of the Bible that are art. You see um, uh, Jeremiah, right, who... Um, it was almost like a showman, kind of. And mm-hmm. uh, you see the Psalms, you see... Um, the temple and different things like that. Um, and I, I think that God gave us art, you know what I mean? He gave us music mm-hmm. and it's a, an, an awesome way to, to connect with him. But I, I think that there's this tension when art and music, which is so subjective, um, comes into contact with truth that's so foundational and unmovable, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, what is cool is when this foundational and unmovable truth that is God in His Word is the content of the art that we sing, that we play, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Then that's that's powerful. That's when it goes to another level. Yeah. yeah. Um, what in your mind, and, I, and obviously this some of this is conjecture and opinion, but um, what do you think, does it bother you? that Bono feels that way? Um, yeah, I, I guess a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I guess you kind of realize that you, you can't really... You wish somebody would think a certain way, but you can't make somebody think a certain way. Mm-hmm. But um, it is kind of sad that um, that the world thinks that. Um, part of me wants to show him some Christian artists that I know that <laughs> have real and vulnerable songs. And we'll just text him in a second. I yeah, got yeah. a cell phone. <laughs> yeah. So, but the other, the, I, I do, I do realize that, realize that that's true. And I think uh, you can find a lot of that on like the radio and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, so I think that kind of all people are, um, have this, it's kind of like pride. Like we don't want people to see our vulnerabilities. We mm-hmm. don't want, I mean, whether you're a believer or not a believer, mm-hmm. like you don't just wear, your dirty laundry out you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you, you want to look presentable and, and right. i guess that's part of what our culture has taught us like um you know wearing our emotions on our sleeves and stuff like that you know like mm-hmm. like keep your chin up you know don't let nobody see you cry and stuff like that and um i mean i, I don't think that that's the sole reason for it but part of it maybe i, I think that that's not only I don't think only Christians have that trait. I right. think that kind of everybody right. has it's, that it's, trait. It's, even Christians have that yeah, trait. Yeah, it's, it's hard to yeah. be vulnerable, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it it's freeing to be vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, so. and I think, and Bono understands this, and this is probably why he said it, is that 
your audience connects more with re- when, with what's real, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I know me as a person, I always love speakers and teachers and pastors that are willing to be vulnerable and really willing to be real. And to me, that's the best kind of music. And, um, that, that carries us into the next thing that I want to ask you about, which is on the tail of that. And that is w- corporate worship, worship, You mentioned it a minute ago in what you said that God gave us art, and when you combine foundational truths and art, that's when it really goes to the next level. Mm -hmm. What is what is um, true art that pleases God? What is true music and worship that pleases God? What is worship? What should what where what are some things that maybe um, we've gotten off course with that as you see it, and and as God has spoken to you and led you and grown you in that area. Kind of tell us your passion and how you see that and how you you believe what pleases God in those areas. Yeah, well, I, I think like you, like what we were talking about, um, and I think I've told you this before, that um, really the only way I know how to do ministry is kind of authentically and vulnerably. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that that is missing somewhat mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, when we come together in corporate worship sometimes. Um, and you know, God's spirit brings freedom, you know, there's freedom and mm-hmm. we should have this freedom. It's not about a place. It's not about lights or it's not about a sound system. It's, I mean, you, you can get rid of all of that at the end of the day, you know, you can have everything. You can have all of those things. If God's not there, then it's for nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if God's not in it, you know, mm-hmm. and so, um, which made me think about the other thing, um, we we kind of ask almost like this Old Testament idea, you know, spirit come, spirit come, spirit come, and I, we've talked about that also. And I think that, um, you know, in God's word, He tells us that um, where two or three gather together, He's with them. He mm-hmm. tells us that He never leaves us or forsakes us, and mm-hmm. so we can trust that He's there. So it's not about God, are you here? It's about God, make your spirit manifest. God, work and move. God, let me hear from you and 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 see what you're doing so that i can line myself up with you mm-hmm. and i think when we we get real and honest and authentic with that then um th- that's some pretty cool things yeah and and we talked about this before like you mentioned and probably the people that would be writing lyrics like that would be thinking to themselves well yeah that's kind of what i meant you know i'm, I'm asking god to reveal himself i believe he's here but when i'm inviting him in i'm asking him to reveal himself or to open my eyes or to open my ears. But then when we talked about it, you said, but, you know, words matter, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and if we're singing them corporately, it's almost like we can sing as a child in terms of our immaturity to God. But when we become mature in God's word and we understand the tenets of the faith and we understand what, what God has said and what he has promised, our, our, it's almost like our vocabulary should be raised to that mature level too. And mm-hmm. it matters what we sing as a congregation. It matters if we're asking God to come, if he's already there, right? Like that's mm-hmm. what you yeah, mentioned. Yeah. And there's things that I would, you know, fall on my sword for, or there's things to fight over and there's things to leave and take, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I mean, if we're talking about the style of music, that's not something that I'm going to fight over. That's not something that necessarily matters. What, you know what matters are the words I'm singing, and so mm-hmm. if it's the words I'm singing, that's something. That's something that matters. Yeah, that's something to die that's for. That's a good point because, and we're in the middle of a a big transition from from um, hymnal to, uh, I guess you could say, contemporary music, and there seems to be a lot of contention over mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and I think that's a very good point. 
we might not be able to all agree on the style of music, but at the end of the day, everything that we say and do is a, is a communication to God and, mm-hmm. and our words are of paramount importance. Yeah. And so if we can all agree on, on, you know, words that, that, that are authentic and that are praising God and not, um, that are truth, that, that are, are truth. Are, yeah. That word. are not, uh, immature, uneducated biblically that we're singing corporately. Um, and I don't think just, you know, vague um, metaphors, you know, I don't, I don't think that that gets it, that mm-hmm. alone, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's one more thing that I want to get to before we wrap up, and this may be a long subject, and that's okay. Um, you hear people say all the time, well, um, they're, you know, they're not a Christian group, they're not a Christian band. Um, and then that that band would say, "Well, I mean, we play Christian songs. We are Christians. We're just not labeled as a Christian band. I mean, you don't hire a house painter and say, is he a Christian house painter? I mean, he's painting your house. I mean, he doesn't have to paint a cross on the wall for him to be a Christian painter. Um, and you hear that a lot. Um, wh- kind of, what is your what is your take on that? And if you're if you're not willing to go there, we'll cut this part out. <laughs> um, but if uh, what is your take on that? Because there's some times where I hear that, and, and then I hear, like, uh, for example, a group that is predominantly Christian. They're played on Christian radio a lot, and then I'll hear some of the songs that they cover at their concert or people that have opened up for them. Mm-hmm. And is that creating sen- scenarios that lead people like Bono to get a false impression of what God has done in our lives and what God has tasked us com- and commissioned us to do? Like, where, where do you kind of fall on all of that? Yeah, so not just people like Bono, but people who are unbelievers and looking from the outside. Um, it kind of sends mixed signals. And I think whether you're going to be um, labeled as a Christian band or not, if you truly are a Christian, then whatever you do um, should be glorifying God. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be anything that is necessarily contradictory to that. And I'm not going to act like we're perfect people right, or, right. or that. I mean, because... We're, we're broken and a messed up people and mm-hmm. um, just because I'm saved doesn't mean I'm perfect but um, I can help somebody who is playing vulgar music from you know opening up for me you mm-hmm. know what I mean mm-hmm. and so I, I remember there was an interview I watched a long time ago and it was actually uh, I think it was Colton Dixon they mm-hmm. were interviewing and uh, they were kind of asking him this question or something like this and he was uh, he pretty much said um you can call it whatever you want to call it but i'm i'm still gonna do um pretty much what god's calling me to do mm-hmm. and i mean if you're a christian and this, i mean this life-changing fundamental thing i mean our salvation is like changes every part of me mm-hmm. how can i keep that from influencing the music that i make mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and and there would be a difference between um, someone that put out an album that had eight songs that are based upon uh, praise or scripture or something, and then maybe writing a love song about your wife that's on yeah. the album like that. That's still an outflow of your faith and your love for your wife or your love for your kids or uh, noticing something in nature and writing about the beauty of the creation or something. There's a difference between that and then actually letting your agent sign someone up to open up for you that is that is openly consciously rebelling against god yeah. you know what i mean like so I, i'm not so rigid to think that you can't 
I mean, you know, obviously, yes, you can make art that doesn't have to be on the nose Christian. Yeah. But there should there shouldn't be anything that's contradictory to what Jesus has said, who he was and who he's made us into. Exactly. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an awesome conversation and um I just I love the way you see worship. I love the the passion that you have for it and I'm very excited about the future and hopefully we can have you on real soon and maybe have another recording on here. Um, we're going to put some um, some links in the bio if you guys want to go watch the uh, full recording yeah. of um, In His Name. And um, I don't know if you guys want to come to Nashville and come to a worship night. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. just look for, look for the post on that. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, take care. Thank you again to Austin Lindsay for joining us. It was an awesome conversation. A lot of insight on uh, worship and the true nature of worship and, and why God built us to begin with. And uh, we're just thankful that he was able to join us. Uh, thank you for listening. And remember, guys, we're looking for a who, not a what. Jesus is the answer to every question we have ever had and ever will have. The answer will always be found with just a closer walk to him. We love you. Please pray for us. Let us know if you have any questions or comments. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.